Hey y'all, welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm McKemini. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, C. How you doing, girl? <laughs> I'm doing good on this lovely day. And how are you today, E? <laughs> I am good, good, good. You know what time it is. Mm-hmm. It is the time of the month for our Black Girl Magic Spotlight interview. Hallelujah. Yes. Cue the charms. <laughs> Cue the charms. <laughs> now, y'all know we typically try not to be without a third person at the table. Mm-hmm. And so we are honored to have Kim Cash Tate sitting at the table with us. Hey, Kim. <laughs> hey, sisters. I am so excited to be here with you guys today. Oh. We are hype, but you know what? Before we even start, why don't I uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about you, Kim? I already okay. know that they know who you are, but I'm just going to let them know who the caliber of person that we have at this table. <laughs> educate, Kim. Educate. Okay. We got Super Saint, um, Kim Castell. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, she is the author of several books, including Cling, Choosing a Lifestyle of mm. Intimacy with God in her fictional Promises of God series. Mm. Kim is also a Bible teacher with an active YouTube channel featuring Bible studies and practical biblical teaching. She has spoken in several cities with the women of faith and has been featured on national broadcasts such as the 700 Club and Discover the Word. She is also written as a contributor for Desiring God and She Reads Truth. Formerly, Kim clerked for a federal judge and practiced as a partner in litigation with a large Midwest law firm. She and her husband, Bill, currently reside in St. Louis, Missouri. Shout out to St. Mm-hmm. Louis. Uh, yes. They, <laughs> they have a son and daughter who are both college mm-hmm. students. Kim can be found online at www.kimcashtate.com and on social media platforms at Kim Cash Tate. Welcome to the table, Kim. Thank you so much. It's such a blessing to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Kim is, she's so humble. Y'all, she got over 40,000 YouTube subscribers. Okay. So Kim (laughs) has. And and you should be one of those too. Right, exactly. Uh, thank you, exactly. Guys. Go subscribe to her YouTube channel. She <laughs> is breaking down the word for y'all practically. Um, and, and speaking about the word, Kim, talk to us about your uh, your faith journey, how you came to to uh, faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, I, I would love to talk about that. Um, I actually did not grow up in a Christian home. I did. We did not go to church. <laughs> so it's not the typical journey. Um, I went yeah. to Catholic schools. And so sometimes I would go to church as a part of the school day or something like that. But um, did not grow up um, in the church. And so, but because of Catholic school, especially grade school, I learned a lot of the stories about the Bible and, um, you know, for some reason, I never doubted that Jesus was the son of God and um, never doubted that that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. I just didn't know what it had to do with me. <laughs> I just yeah. like, OK, I, I, I believe that. But what does that have to do with me? So I uh, went through college, law school, practicing and all of that. But what happened was um, I met my husband when I was in law school and he Mm. was getting his PhD and we graduated at the same time. And he got his first uh, job as a professor at UW Madison. Mm. And Mm. I grew up in Mm -hmm. DC. I was not trying to move to no Madison, Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? Where even is that? Is that the cheap? I feel like I know you, Kim. I know know you, Kim. (laughs) I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So, and at this point, we were only very newly engaged. So it wasn't too late Mm. to back out of the relationship. (laughs) Right? Which which was a very real question, (laughs) given that he's trying to uproot me and take me to Madison. But as the Lord would have it, and again, I didn't know Mm. the Lord. Yeah. But as he would have it, he closed every door yeah. in DC to me getting yeah. a job yeah. when I graduated. So <laughs> he knew I would have stayed mm-hmm. right there in DC. <laughs> so and wow. then but and that's how I got the clerkship because his bills um department, um he was in he he was in math education and so in the education department they sent my uh resume to the federal judge and she had just gotten clearance 
to hire a third clerk from Congress. And so, of course, she flies me out right before graduation. Everything is wonderful. So God just made it clear you're going to Madison. Mm. So I get to Madison, though, and I hate it. I literally, right. you know, everything's mm. going well mm-hmm. career-wise. I, I, I did the clerkship and I got the, the job at the law firm and it's wonderful, but I just, I'm like, it's just too white. I'm sorry. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't. What is this? And so I would go home whenever I could. <laughs> and so the Lord, the Lord totally used all of that to draw me. And I remembered, I remembered Catholic school. I remembered that Jesus could do miracles. So I said, if Jesus can do miracles, he can get me out of Madison. (laughs) I mean, this was literally my thinking. Like, okay, so Lord, get me out of Madison. (laughs) So now, but now I'm talking to God, right? I'm talking, you know, before, not praying, nothing. So now I'm talking to God. And then I said, well, if, if I want God to get me out of Madison, maybe maybe I should do something for him, <laughs> like go to church. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the whole time I had been like for two years, I had been complaining that there were no black people in Madison. And I would go to the mall and um, count on one hand how many black people I saw. And, you know, I just, I just yeah. was constantly complaining, just getting on my husband's <laughs> nerves every day. So then. When, when I finally visited a church, which my husband, uh, his barber invited us to a church, mm. I go to the church. It was an AME church. And of course, the Lord is like, so you were wondering where all the black people were. Well, <laughs> if you had only gone well. to the church. <laughs> but, but that was what really started the just I remember that day the pastor preaching mm-hmm. and he was talking about Jesus and he shared the gospel and just oh, wow. tears running wow. down my face and and it was just one of those classic moments where it just so much was made known to me and um and that's it was then that that I was saved and came into a relationship with Jesus so he took me kicking and screaming mm. to Madison but that's where he uh that's where he drew me and saved me. So that was wow. um, 1994. Wow. Huh. Yeah, 1994. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling That's you what, powerful. there are going to be so many people. I'm speaking for myself, projecting it onto everybody who's listening. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that resonate with being in different places where you may not want to be there, but mm-hmm. where God speaks to you. That's me. Uh, mm-hmm. So clearly, yes. everyone's like, That's me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So clearly, You've been so, real. Oh, so Kim, thank you for that, and I and I thank God for um, using that that wonderful ministry of that that dear Amy Church um, yes. for you to hear about his his saving love yeah. for you. So that's yes. just a beautiful, a beautiful yes. thing. You know, I, I heard you mention kind of your background in in the in law, and so mm-hmm. I'm curious about that. You know, that's that's lots of jokes about people. This, you know, in the law field, you know, yes. particularly jokes, yes. particularly jokes around integrity, you know, um, yes. and, and ambulance mm-hmm. chasing, that kind of thing. And, and yes. Although, yes. although I personally know some high integrity law people, let me just put that out there. But I do too. Yeah, I have, you know, we know quite a few. So, but I, but I, but I am curious about the the intersection of that training and the, and the ministry mm-hmm. work that you do right now. How. How has God used used the pieces of that that training, uh, even in your ministry work now? That's an that's an interesting question because I actually left I left the practice of law. I I was at the um the firm for I was practicing for about eight years, and then mm-hmm. once I had my kids, when my uh, oldest was one and a half, and my youngest, I had a daughter then who was. Um, uh, one, no, my oldest was two and a half. My daughter was one. I left the practice of law. So it's been 19 years. Mm. I can't believe it that I've been wow. gone from the practice of law. And so I always wondered because of course I wasn't seeking the Lord when I chose law. I just mm-hmm. wanted to make money. I, I was raised mm-hmm. <laughs> independent, have a career. And I thought, Hey, that's, that'll be a good way to, um, mm. to make money. And then I'm just being honest. That's what Come was on, in my head. Come so yeah. I had, yeah. I had made partner and um and then the Lord put it in my heart to leave. And so he hmm. did so much in my heart following that um, in terms of identity and all of that. And I just at, for a long time thought, well, that was that part of my life. And I don't you know, now I'm doing this. But but 
your question is interesting because I think it was just last Mm -hmm. week that somebody posted, it may have been, it may have been a YouTube comment, just something, um, something Mm -hmm. like that. Somebody posted a comment and said, um, what a blessing that the Lord has used your background in litigation Mm -hmm. as a way for, to break down the truth of the word. And I had never yeah, thought about yeah. that yeah. connection. I had never thought the Lord was using. And, but I, I guess something she, she heard something in the way I was teaching and explaining that she felt that my law background. And so the Lord just used that to really show me that none of that was mm-hmm. um, by mistake. You know, even though I didn't know mm-hmm. that he would use it, he knew that he would use it and it wasn't mm-hmm. in vain. Yeah. yeah, and that's uh, thank yeah. you so much because yeah, I think the the way that you approach the word, uh, the law background actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I can actually see it coming mm-hmm. out of your own ministry. Um, oh you, wow! Okay. You really um, examine each word. You take your time, and you mm-hmm. really exposit yeah. and 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 teach like like what you're doing in James mm-hmm. right now on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Y'all got to follow Kim on Instagram. She's not a word. I'd be like, that's okay. right now. Word. We all need to read James right now, all over the country. Read James right now. Help right. us. Help right. us. Okay. Convict us all. All of us. Bridal us right. Help us, us right. right. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So, anyways, I can actually see that kind of coming up. But, yeah, and I, I believe that the Lord will probably – not to prophesy, but I believe that the Lord will probably, <laughs> I believe that he will continue to show you and reveal to you, you know, um, how that the um, your litigation background marries well with your ministry. I believe he'll do that. He doesn't waste yes. anything. You know, there so, are no um, wasted man. pieces. That's so, that's yeah. a that's important to think about, right? No Amen. wasted piece. No, oh, wa- yeah. no wasted, yes. no wasted trauma, no wasted experience. Mm-hmm. No wasted, mm-hmm. I mean, Amen. just. God is using all them pieces to make things new. So yeah, amen. It's good. There are no loose threads in God. No loose threads. So not, uh, not at all. Not a one. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious though, Kim. Like, how did you um, come to? How did you become like a writer? Now, law does involve a lot of writing, right? So, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I know that much yes. I do know. Yes. Uh, but how did yes. this ministry of writing become like? get birthed in you, particularly nonfiction mm. books, nonfiction yes. Christian books. Like why yeah. that? And how did this come to be? Oh, so, so this is, this is an interesting story because my very first book was nonfiction. It was actually a memoir. Uh-huh. And, and what happened was I was, and I, as you said, I always, I always wrote from practice of law. And before that, I just loved writing, but, um, usually technical type of writing. So mm-hmm. I never thought about writing a book. And when I had my son, um, that was in 96, mm-hmm. I was practicing law. I was on maternity leave. And for the first time I had this thought that, um, you know, and I was a babe in the faith, well, about two years in the faith. And, and, um, and I just had this thought that I don't know if I want to continue practicing law, at least not in this way, because I knew in right. litigation, um, you know, that was evenings, weekends. And so I began praying for God to show me what else I could do. And mm-hmm. I thought some, t- I'm thinking home-based business or something like that. So, you know, at this point there is no Google, believe it or not there. I lived in that time. No Google. So I actually went to go. Barnes and Noble and got a book on home-based businesses. And I'm reading through the book about, you know, look through, you know, determine what you can offer the marketplace, what product, what service. And I'm, I'm praying to God, like, what can I do, Lord? Like, what can mm-hmm. I do from home? And, mm-hmm. and one day sitting in church, I just heard God so clearly speak to my heart and say, I am not calling you to make widgets. Well, <laughs> I want, <laughs> I want you to write and, mm-hmm. and to write about your spiritual journey. So I'm like, oh my gosh. And, and my pastor had been talking um, recently about being more Christian than African-American. And that mm-hmm. title came to me that day that that was going to be oh, yeah. my mm-hmm. title. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, and so, so I'm just like, my mind is blown. Cause I'm like, what is the Lord talking about? A book? What? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I go back to Barnes and Noble and get a book on <laughs> how do you write a, a nonfiction book proposal? I have no idea. Wow. And so 
I go through this whole process and I write this proposal and I, um, I'm praying the whole time. Like, I don't know, Lord, what I'm doing. And, and again, no, no community of websites and people showing me how they've done this or like, and, um, so I got my little proposal together and then I got my query letter and I said, um, you know, because I, as I was reading the book, they said, you do the proposal, but then nobody wants to see your proposal. Mm. You have to send them a query letter, one page. And then if they like your query, then mm. they will request your proposal. So I had this big book, The Guide to Literary Agents. And I had been reading about this one agent, Denise Stinson, and she um, she was a black woman who represented Mm-hmm. People like Cece Winans and mm. Farrakhan and like all of these people mm-hmm. she represented, like almost every notable black author, it seemed like she represented, but she was not in this guide. I had seen her, I think it, I was reading Black Enterprise and saw an article about her, but she wasn't in this guide to literary agents. So I, and, and so I said, okay, well, I'll send it to people in this guide who say they are interested in um, spiritual issues, African-American issues, that kind of thing. So I sent out my little, I sent out six query letters the first week and I figured I'll go through several months mm. of rejection right. and I'll see what happens. Um, so I prayed over my little query letters, put them in the mail on a Monday. On Thursday, I get a call at work. Kim, this is Denise Stinson. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I was sitting there like, wow. what? <laughs> she said, I, mean, I knew immediately who she was. And, <laughs> right. then, and then she said, um, she said, uh, you sent a query letter to such and such. And then she told me the name in New York. Um, and by the way, she's an atheist. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, guess, I guess she was on my just African-American, you know, <laughs> she, said, she yep. said, by the way, she's an atheist, but she thought I might be interested. Wow. So she faxed it to me. Then she said, did you send me, um, did you send me a proposal? I was like, not yet. (laughs) Like it was just so weird because like that was the woman who had been on my mind and Mm -hmm. she was not in my guide and for her to call me at work. So then she said, um, can you send me a proposal? I sent it to her overnight. She got it Friday. She was calling me Sunday saying she wanted to represent me. So God really wanted me to know (laughs) that he was in this thing and it was the craziest. So that is how. My writing journey started. She got me a contract actually with Rodale Press, which was not a Christian publisher. Um, they were really into fitness and things like that at the time, but they were starting mm. an imprint called Daybreak Books and uh, were leaning towards spirituality. And so my book came out, hardback book, in 1999. They sent me on a book tour. You know, things they never do anymore. I went to Chicago, Atlanta, D.C. I was on the radio and all yeah, these things. Wow. And, and it was just it was just one of those whirlwind things. And um and but but there but here's the funny part. So I'm thinking, okay, God, you've called me to write. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, I'm you know, when the book came out, my daughter was one, my son was three. So I'm and that's I that was the same year I resigned from the firm and my mother had moved to Madison to help with the kids. So I said, yeah. Okay, I, the book has come out. I'm going to now, you know, focus on writing. I'll leave, I'll leave my job, my law job, but I'll be writing. And um, my mom is here to help. Two weeks after I resigned, my husband, because, you know, I, because I resigned, we were thinking we may have to downsize and all these things. And that's fine. Uh, my husband gets this opportunity in Dallas. We moved to Dallas. Wow. Months later, my mother stays in Madison. <laughs> so I don't have the help. And... And for the first time, he's uh, in a position where he's not in a university. So he's working um, sun up to sundown. And I'm home with two toddlers. There was no time mm. to write. I said, Lord, you are really mm. funny. <laughs> yeah. You are really funny. So I spent several years at that point just questioning, <laughs> did you call me to write? Did you not? Because I thought you called me to write, but I'm just sitting home. Like, I don't have any time to write because yeah. I have these toddlers and I don't have any help. And But that is when the Lord set me on the journey of really just going deeper into his word. So that, that, that was that season. Yeah. Which sounds like it was a preparation for all of the rest of the books uh, that would come. Absolutely. Uh, that was, so it was Absolutely. A, uh, really a, a time of uh, really sowing and, and, uh, yes. if you will, and planting what the Lord's just really pouring into you in a way that yes. you hadn't expected, but <laughs> yes. as he often does. Um, yeah. But, you know, as somebody who's written about 
10 books is what I've counted so far, and I'm sure there's mm-hmm. more to come. Uh, how is it that you have disciplined yourself to write? Um, I, I would imagine you can't just, because I'm a writer, but you know, I, you know, you can't just wait for a spark or an inspiration, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do? Is there a discipline that you implement in order to continue to uh, produce these books that the Lord has, um, you know, uh, uh, given you? Uh, yeah, I can honestly say only by the grace of God, because He has taken mm-hmm. me through so many seasons of life yeah. being nothing like I imagined. So leaving, leaving my job. And then yeah. <clears throat> when the kids went off to school, when they were school age, I'm thinking now is when I'll be able to write. And then he put it on my heart to homeschool. So oh, wow. I didn't have time for several years to write like I wanted to, but so I had to be disciplined mm-hmm. with the time I had. So I would get up early in the morning. Um, always, I would always start with um, studying mm-hmm. Bible, Bible studying time. I just had to do that first because that just to get my heart right yes. and my mind right. And then I would write. Um, and at this point I'm writing novels, which is a whole nother issue. Cause I never thought, I thought yeah. I would only write nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, and, and, and when my agent, the one Denise Stinson, when she suggested I write fiction, I was like, no, nah, that's not my thing. <laughs> so right, right. I never, never thought about fiction. And then the Lord just put a story in my heart. And of course, God being God, the first novel had a Bible study in it. So that's what he's just used me to write fiction to teach. So, um, so he, I had to write the story because he had put it in my heart so strongly. Mm -hmm. So I would just get up early and and I had to be disciplined and get time in to write before the homeschool day started. Mm. So that's really, I think God just used that to work discipline in me to study his word and then to write with the time that I had. And I would leave the laptop open during the day and try to get back to it when I could, but there was no guarantee I would. So um, somehow though, (laughs) somehow the books got written. And then in the last two years, really maybe maybe last year, year and a half, um, my daughter graduated a year ago, my youngest. So it's like now, now is when I could finally write full time after several years. So I just, Love it yeah. now, but he's worked that discipline in me to just go. <laughs> you go. Over the year, getting up very yes. early in the morning to steal away mm-hmm. and pray like Jesus did. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and being yes. able to order your day. That's beautiful. Thank you no, for sharing that's, that. That's really good, Kim. I'm sitting yeah. here like, am I using my time well? I'm like, let me go look at my calendar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know what? So, so I, have, I, have, I have so many questions in my head right now for you, Kim. Oh, my goodness. I'm just, I'm okay. just trying. <laughs> to sort out which one I want to ask you. Uh, when, when I heard you mention homeschooling, that that took me mm-hmm. down a completely different yeah. uh, rabbit trail of thought. Yes, and um, and mm-hmm. I, and I'd love to hear you talk just a, a little bit about that, or maybe even encourage some of the the African American moms that I even know of who listen to Truth Table that have mm-hmm. have chosen to homeschool and, and not and not to homeschool because of. Uh, what we saw happen in the 50s and the 60s, the increase in public education, desegregation mm-hmm. and the removal of of um, of white homogenous spaces in public education. Or the, mm-hmm. I mean, they still mm-hmm. exist with the breaking down of this. But there are yeah. other reasons why particularly African-American moms may move into a place of wanting to homeschool. And so I just wanted you to share maybe some thoughts on that and maybe even a word of encouragement um, to folks who are listening that are contemplating that or are in, are in that season right now? Um, I would love to. I know for those who may be contemplating it, um, it can be a scary thought. And I know because it just seems so overwhelming and it seems like, how can I ever do that? And I know for me, I didn't even, I actually prayed that the Lord would not call me to homeschool. <laughs> I had met, <laughs> I had met a homeschool mom when we were living in Dallas, when my kids were toddlers and she was telling me about her day. And I said, oh my gosh, <laughs> Lord, please don't ever. Because of course at that time I'm thinking I'm going to write. So I'm like, don't please, I don't want to, don't call me to homeschool. I, I can't be home all day doing that. I can't. Mm-mm. And then when we moved to St. Louis, mm. um, just circumstances, uh, we had them signed up to go to Christian school, registered and everything. And then our house hadn't sold. So we had two house notes and it just didn't make sense to pay for tuition. On top of that, all these factors. And then the first church we visited, I met two homeschool moms. And one of them was mm. a black mom. And I had never met a black homeschool mom. So I, we, I was just talking to her. We ended up right. joining that church. <laughs> but just seeing her and hearing her heart. And then 
it seemed like everywhere I turned was homeschooling. So we ended up on this journey, which um, I, I knew was the Lord because my husband, remember I said he's in education. So he, he was like, you want to do what? Homeschool what? <laughs> so I had to do some praying to get him on board and God got him on board. And, um, and that, you know, we ended up, we didn't, we homeschooled uh, several years. The, both of the kids spent a couple of years in another school environment, um, like eighth and ninth and somewhere around middle school, high school, and then ended up coming back for the rest of high school. And they are both now at Washington University in St. Louis. So um, predominantly they were homeschooled. And I just, I would just encourage anyone who's thinking about it or who's doing it that, um, no, it's not easy and it's not, it's, but it, but the, I tell you what, God used homeschooling to refine me more than anything else, mm. just to, mm. um, just to draw me closer to him, to let me know that none of this was about me, <laughs> to mm. let me know, uh, yeah. the realness of John fifteen seven. apart from me, you mm. can do nothing to let me know how selfish I was because I, there were some days I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> I don't have any time to do anything I want to do. And, um, but to just lay that all down and to do what God had called me to do. And then to see the blessing in that and to see the fruit in that. So it was about my encouragement is that it's it's about so much more than the mm-hmm. academics because we can get overwhelmed mm-hmm. in thinking, uh, what I don't know math, I don't know science, I don't whatever whatever our weakness right. is, mm-hmm. I don't know that subject, and I might damage my kids. I you know there will be gaps, there will be all these things. And it'll be my fault, and mm-hmm. yeah, understand that uh, when God calls you to it. He will provide what they need. And it's not really even about that. It's about so much more uh, for me. It was so much more in being able to sow into them spiritually um, just to have time to do it. You know, sometimes you just don't have time when everybody's Mm. gone all day and and just the hectic pace of life. um, And and you come back together in the evening and there's homework and there's dinner and then it's bedtime. But just to have to be able to breathe and say, okay, we're going to actually get into the word today. We, we're going to do scripture memory. We're going to do all these things that were heavy on my heart to do. And I actually had time to do it. So um, that became the blessing. Um, but no, it's not easy. So I don't, I don't paint it like, oh, it's just a wonderful, joyous. <laughs> yeah. So there are difficult days. You have attitudes, including your own to deal with. And, um, <laughs> Come on, Kim. <laughs> but you know, again, it's just every day the Lord was right there, just letting me know how much I needed Him to get through, and just so I, it really taught me dependence on Him more than anything. Mm. I think. Mm. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I'm just hearing about how you even incorporated. Well, you're discipling your children, even if you're just teaching them—not just teaching, but teaching them math yeah. and history and all those things. But how you've incorporated um, the word and uh, mm. scripture memorization and all of those very important mm. things for their spiritual uh, growth. And uh, not only do you teach your your children, but you teach lots of women. I would imagine men too that are uh, listen, um, following your YouTube channel mm. and. Um, and, and, and you're following there. And so they're really being discipled from afar yes. um, through through your work, through your ministry. And I just wonder if um, through your years of doing your, your ministry in, as a Bible teacher, are there any things that you have seen um, in, it, uh, currently, right? Or even throughout the years that, that have been concerning you uh, with regard to how women or just people in general are approaching the word and how, how are you... Um, mm-hmm tackling those issues or even trying to combat those issues uh, or content, right, for the faith, as Jude mm-hmm. says. Um, how are you doing that um, through your ministry? What are some concerns that are kind of cropping up that are like maybe the Lord might lay on your mm-hmm. heart? And how are you, you know, addressing those uh, issues within your ministry? I think one, one thing, um, well, the primary thing that I've seen through the years is just that people don't read the word. Right. They don't mm. they don't read it well, <laughs> and they, they hear it on Sunday morning. Um, yep. And so so you'll often hear people say, well, my pastor said because mm. that's where they're they're not in the word mm-hmm. themselves. So that's yeah. the first thing, not being in the word for themselves and not learning truth for themselves. And then also when when um, when the Bible is opened, it's just to find something mm. for 
themselves in that moment. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I need a promise. Mm-hmm. Let me go to the Bible because I'm going through right now mm-hmm. and I need a promise. Let me find yeah. something that I can use. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all you yeah. do in the Bible, mm-hmm. then that's mm-hmm. a problem because it's not about mm-hmm. us and what we need in a moment. It's about learning who God is. And so, mm-hmm. um, and what his plan is. And so, um, so I, I have, um, really just loved helping people to have a comfort level with reading the Bible, to understand that mm-hmm. we actually can understand it. Um, and, and I think it's helpful when I tell people I didn't grow up in church. I didn't read a Bible till I was 27. So if, if the wow. Lord can teach wow. me by his spirit, he can teach you to understand his word. And so just making it accessible and making, um, breaking it down so that people see the practicality of what's in the Bible to so that people see the glory of the Lord in the Bible. People avoid the old Testament thinking that, that God is, um, you know, this harsh, mean God. And, and, and so what I did in, uh, for YouTube over the past year was go through first and second Samuel. And I chose an old Testament book on purpose so that people would just see how amazing yeah. God yeah. is and just see his sovereignty and his, uh, majesty and, and I just love and, and I just love the fact that people would tune in week after week just saying I had never read an Old Testament book and I'm just so excited about the word. And I'm going on to first Kings now. And I'm like, yes, that, that wow, is, that that's great. What the prayer was. So I just love getting people excited about being in the word, um, having that godly confidence that they can understand the word, that the Lord will meet you there and that we can learn about him if the rest of it word. will come. We will get the promises. We will understand yeah, how we benefit. Yeah. That that ha- that can't help but come. But knowing who God is is what what we need and what gets us through day wow. after day. Mm, that's good. Thank you for breaking that down, Kim. That's uh, that was just amazing. And I, I I'm really struck by the fact that you have not you had not picked up the Bible to read it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, because you didn't grow up yes. in, a, in a Christian household. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you didn't pick it up until you're 27. 27. Like that is remarkable. Um, you have there's this level of authenticity um, that mm-hmm. that you exude that's woven throughout your whole ministry, even in this interview, mm. uh, which I'm loving. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Uh, but uh, I'm wondering, what is is there a fine line? How do you discern? I should say, how you discern the. Um, there, there tends to be, you know, this this generation, um, my generation and the one behind it, we really value this keeping it real, mm-hmm. right? And this authenticity and almost as if it, it, it can become an idol in mm-hmm. some way. So how do you discern when keeping it real goes wrong? Mm. Okay. As Dave Chappelle taught. As Dave Chappelle taught us very, very long time ago. In season two. So like, when does keeping it real go wrong though? Like, you, you know, like you, cause I think it is important for people to know, authentically what are our struggles what are we facing what you know um um where are we what, what are we begging god mm-hmm. for right or, or what are we asking god for mm-hmm. like, that's important but where do we how do you discern when you didn't cross the line mm-hmm. um and and you're into keeping it real goes wrong territory huh that's a good question when keeping it real goes mm-hmm. wrong i think i think keeping it mm-hmm. real goes wrong when you think you can stay wherever you are in that realness so um yeah. So it's one thing to keep it real and say, you know, look, this is how I am in the flesh. This I know my weaknesses. I know I have an attitude and I'm, and I'm speaking for real. <laughs> I know, yeah, I, know yeah. I have an attitude. I know that um, these are my weaknesses and vulnerabilities. And, and, so I, and, I, and so I'm sharing that. I'm being real about that. If I leave it there, that's a problem. Because that's not right. okay to say, I'm going to keep it right. real and I'm going to stay here <laughs> because, mm-hmm. because that's just mm-hmm. how I am. And, you know, God made me this way and I'm going to stay this way. No. <laughs> then now you got a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so keep it real about who you are. I think we have to be real about what we're going through and, mm-hmm. and the weaknesses we face and how we don't have it all together like people might think we do. But then what are you relying on? What is the truth yep. that you're going to bring to bear to that? Um, mm. uh, so it's okay to just stay that right there? No, it's not okay because you have a standard. Mm-hmm. So what is the standard and how are you going to get there? And, and so you have to always bring it back to the Lord and his glory and his grace to bring you from yeah. the place that you are 
to where you need to be. He has to get the glory. Otherwise, the focus mm-hmm. is all on you and you mm-hmm. keep it real. Mm-hmm. Well, where's God? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good. So, Kim, some, some of the, I would say some of the wisest people I know and some of the, the deepest mm-hmm. and richest Bible teachers I know are people mm-hmm. who... People, people think that they're like uh, just kind of out there by themselves, but they are they are deeply connected mm-hmm. to yeah. sources of accountability and um, and encouragement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just know that you are because <laughs> I'm because I'm listening to you and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she, she's not just out here. Out here. So okay. t- you talk to can you talk to us a little <laughs> bit about what um yeah, what does godly accountability look like in your life? Where do you draw, obviously from prayer and Bible study, but what what people, what spaces are you are kind of helping to edify you, to enrich you, uh, to convict you, right? To, to help you, to guide you in this journey mm-hmm. as you minister to other people. Um, well, definitely I have a local church. Um, mm-hmm. I belong to the gate in St. Louis. And um, mm-hmm. so I have that local church home. I have uh, you know, I listen to sermons online and things like that. Mm. Like when I'm cleaning the house, I have mm-hmm. my earbuds in and I'll be listening to the different sermons. Um, I have mm. girlfriends who keep me accountable. So I have people I can call and let them know when you're talking about keeping it real, just let them know right. what, what's, what's happening in my life, what I'm dealing with and who will tell me about myself and, and you know, and what I need to do. And so that accountability is, um, is vital in my life to just, you know, you don't need that many people. You just need the ones that yeah, you know you yeah. can go to, um, mm-hmm. who will, who will listen and who will, who will mm-hmm. tell you the truth. And so, um, I have that. And of course I have my husband, wow. uh, we've been married 25 years. So, um, uh, I go to him, uh, and he's always mm-hmm. a source of wisdom. So the Lord has definitely given me, but I have to say, and this is kind of the whole, um, message of clean that the first Amen. person I always go to is yeah. the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's always, it's just about, you know, the, it's about intimacy with God. And so that he's the first person I go to always and just talk to all day. So, and he can keep me accountable better than anybody because he, he knows all the secret places I don't even know about. <laughs> so, well, so shining that spotlight, you know, so your friends don't know all those secret places that, that you have, mm-hmm. going on, but the Lord does. And so, um, so being able to keep it real with him and pour out my heart to him and have him convict me and check me and, um, and show me myself and, um, and all those things that to me is, it, I just can't even, it's just priceless. That's what I, that's what I, mm. uh, want to live in every day. That's good. That is good. Um, yeah. And just speaking about your own, um, how you keep yourself accountable, you know, particularly with your platform, right? There's a, mm-hmm. uh, how could I say there's a, there's a lot of, um, platform prophets out here yes. who, <laughs> yes. but who are, who are out there, right. Um, using Christian capital, you know, but are yes. not submitted to the local church who yes. are not submitted to godly accountability partners who are not committed to holiness. Um, yes. and so, yes. uh, and so I'm curious, um, how it is that if you could talk to our listeners about which listeners, please buy her book link. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to our listeners and tell if you could to share with them one way to cling to God, just for just from your book, from your writing, from mm-hmm. your your life and your ministry. Um, what is one key um, to clinging to God? Mm. Would you would you say to our listeners? Um, I what I, I'd have to say the the top key mm-hmm. to clinging clinging to God is to know Him through His Word. Mm-hmm. Somehow we think we can be mm-hmm. close to God and never open his word. You won't know him. So you can't, you have to know him to cling to him. Otherwise you'll be clinging to all kinds of stuff and thinking it's God. And um, so you have to know him through his word. And yeah. it's funny that you said, um, you know, not pursuing holiness and those kinds of things, because mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw in another one. Another one is walking Please in obedience do. to his word. <laughs> because well. we can't, you know, how you going to be out here? doing your own thing and, and living your own way and, and call yourself doing some ministry for God. That's just not, you, it's on, not going to work. So yeah. clinging to yeah. God 
Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Love mm-hmm. is actually tied to obedience. And so we have to, you know, if we're, if we, if we're saying we're, we're called by God and mm-hmm. that we love God and that we're doing for God, then we need to walk with God, which means obedience, not a perfect walk. Amen. I Amen. sin every day in something mm-hmm. I think, say, or do. I just, I just it just happens. I have a yep. flesh. And mm-hmm. it's a battle, daily battle of flesh and spirit. But but so it's not about a perfect walk with God, but uh, being quick to repent and just mm. um, understanding his uh, presence in your life daily and, and and having a heart to walk in obedience. So that's how that's how we cling to God. Yeah, so good. I'm so glad we got a Bible reader at the table. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody talking about the obedience no more. Ain't nobody talking about the blood. Oh, Ain't man. Ain't nobody talking about these things. Look, wow. <laughs> look, 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 look. Kim said the word repent. She said repent. Oh, <laughs> Look, like, yeah. six word. Oh my gosh! Is, are we still saying that? Is that is that is that is that too old school? Is that is that still in the Bible? <laughs> hey, turn it, come on, every day, oh multiple times a day. We just Christians, oh Christians stay dancing. We stay turning, turning, turning. Help us, help us, okay? Oh my gosh! And you know what, Kendra? We're about to shift to a a, a, a time of fun. We call this our, our forced fun segment. But even okay. our first fun, <laughs> that's what we're gonna call it. No, can we could seriously funny. we could talk to you for no, hours seriously. though, quite literally. For oh, yeah, I'm loving this. Please disciple us. Please no. disciple Amen. us. Because <laughs> look, I need a, I need a whole. Okay. Bit. Take a village to raise a saint, y'all. Don't don't get it twisted. But but you know but you know before I even get into these speed round questions, I have a question about the word repentance, and I would love I think it'll be a blessing. I would love Kim for you to to define your like what does repentance mean for people who we we kind of joked about like you don't hear that anymore, but that's but I'm serious you don't like yeah um, sometimes we think repentance is just saying like my bad you know or um you know or we we issue an apology Uh but we do nothing nothing to make it right um yes. even though ultimately god has to restore yes. all things that are broken but we still we still act it out you know so yes. I, can you give us kim's definition of, of repentance for the people mm. today whenever i think about repentance i think i picture a literal turning from whatever that thing was i was doing mm-hmm. so turning away from that and and acknowledging that that was not the right way that was not god's way um it was sin we have to acknowledge sin because we, you know, like you said, like my bad, like, no, actually there, God was involved in that and it was a sin against God. Yeah, so there you go. I want there to, you go. I want to turn from that and I want to turn toward God and I, and I can't do it on my own. I need God's help because we don't have to do anything in our own strength. So all that turning and that acknowledging with God's help, like Lord, cause you may not right. even want to turn from what that thing is, you know? So you know, just keeping it real, whatever you were doing and you get that conviction, then pray, Lord, help mm-hmm. me to turn from that because I wouldn't have been doing it if it didn't feel good or if I didn't like it or whatever the case may well. be. So help me to turn from that and by your grace to go a different yeah. way, the way that pleases yeah. you. That's how I would define Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Miss Kim. So, okay. So, so force fun round. This is... <laughs> <laughs> so that first fun. So this is so, so this is let's, the first question. Okay. <laughs> if you woke if you woke up tomorrow and okay. you were, were were blessed with a particular superpower, what what would it be and why? Mm. Wow. Yes. Wow. What a would superpower. it be? First thing that came to mind, so I'm just gonna go with it, was mm-hmm. to be able to fly. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm. Okay. <laughs> But to be able to fly and because I could just see myself going to distant lands and mm-hmm. seeing all of God's creation and being able to, to, to like see it all, you know, and like and that. be there in a, in a flash. That that to me would be awesome. Hey, that's, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Next question. If we were to go uh, uh, riding around town with with you in mm-hmm. St. Louis and we hopped into your mm-hmm. car, what would be on the radio? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't listen to the radio. <laughs> oh, so there would be Silent. nothing to keep there would be nothing like, on the radio. Listen to the radio. <laughs> now, if you if, if you want me to hook up, if you want me to hook up my Bluetooth, okay. So <laughs> you would hear you would hear what's on my phone, and so you might hear uh, you probably would hear mm-hmm. some Christian rap. Ah, okay. You would hear some Christian Sweet. rap. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, the the next question for you. 
One has to go. Uh oh. This is the hardest one. (laughs) Oh no. Okay. Anita Baker. Whitney Houston. Oh man. Aretha Franklin. Or Shaka Khan. Oh man. Okay, so this is funny because also also what you might hear that's on my phone if we got in my car right here at the top on frequent <laughs> play would be <laughs> would be would be Anita Baker oh, and Shaka oh, Khan. So they cannot go. Oh, okay, okay. Well, there we go. There they we cannot go. go. There we go. So now there it's go. down to Aretha and Whitney. Uh, Whitney. Whitney. Ah, no. Begrudgingly, I'd have to say Aretha would have to go. Mm-hmm. Begrudgingly. Mm-hmm. But I know Anita and Shaka ain't going nowhere. <laughs> That's all I know. I, look, I could tell Anita wasn't going nowhere hello, from your hello. when she said Anita Baker. <laughs> I know. Like, Anita ain't going. Anita ain't going. Now, we, now we need to know, Kim, have you secured, have you secured tickets to Anita's last tour? Have, have you been able to? See? No, I didn't. See, I didn't even know she had a tour. She now you did. just yes. Google's Anita Baker. Uh, I, I, I had no she, idea. She was just in um, Atlanta this what last week. Are you serious? serious? Yeah. I know. I bet she's not coming to St. Louis. Nobody oh, comes to St. Louis. Well, well, no, I know. I'm going to Google uh, that. It's I will tough. Google I know. That. <laughs> I, would love it. I might travel to oh, another city yeah, to for see sure. That. Mm-hmm. No, that would be worth Serious it. business. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All Absolutely. right. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, yeah. See, you got another. You got another fun question. Uh, another fun question. Well, you know, we 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 asked you what you what you're listening to right now, and we you know shout out to the Shaka yeah. Khan and uh, Christian Christian Rap. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm curious, yeah. Kim. What were you listening to back in the day? Back in the day. Ooh. So back in the day, meaning like your undergrad college years. You know. You know what? What, oh, what, yeah. what would you have been um, stepping to? Let, give give us a sense of what that no. would have been. That's oh, I can yes. tell you. I can Rolling tell you. Too. I can tell you real quick. <laughs> Eric B oh. and Rakim. Yes. Yes. I, I love Eric B and Rakim. I love oh. Dougie Fresh. That yes. was big when I was in college. Yeah. Um, I, I just loved rap, so I was into, oh. and I was in that era. I was in that era with oh, um, yeah. Six Minutes, Dougie Fresh, uh-huh. and um, mm-hmm. and Eric B yep. and uh. Oh, Rob oh, Bass, that yeah. was big when I was in yep. college. Yep. Um, all that kind of stuff. That was that was me all day. The, because sure. I, I grew up in DC, mm-hmm. so we had go go music mm-hmm. and we had so that was the time of doing the button, all that stuff that came out yep. when I was in college. Yeah. Yes. We had all that. Yep. <laughs> and uh so yeah, I, I was definitely into rap music. I didn't I didn't like the club music. That was too fast. I like to get into rap. That girl in Baltimore, you listening to club music over there. Uh uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. All the Baltimore people brought the club music to Maryland. I went to Maryland. So, That's Baltimore oh, yeah, people yes. brought the club music and I used to wait for the DJ to change it back to the uh hip hop. You <laughs> like I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I saw it with hip hop. We love Thank it. you, Kim. Oh, we love it. We could do this all day, Kim. Thank you. But, but you know what? This was too much fun. Oh, it's too much fun. No, but this is your your time. Please talk to our listeners and tell them, you know, what projects you got going on, what conference you got coming up, um, just how they can support <laughs> what you got going on, how they can follow you and learn from you. This is your time. Okay. <laughs> well, I do. I do have a clean conference mm-hmm. coming up uh, June twenty. 20- First and 22nd is actually um, in the D.C. area. It's at the University of Maryland Hotel. Um, So you can go Mm -hmm. to cleanconference.com for more information. Crystal Mm -hmm. Evans Hurst is also speaking. And um, so um, and then I have, um, you know, of course, my YouTube channel. So I invite people to Mm -hmm. check out. I'm at youtube.com slash Kim Cash Tate. And I also have, you know, my fictional series. I write novels. That's uh, What I've got going on. So I'm in a series called The Promises of God series. I'm working on book four in that. So All check right. check out Amazon.com. Look me up. Kim Cash Tate, Promises of God series. And uh, mm. but I'm always doing something. So mm-hmm. facts. <laughs> I, you know, 
facts. Whatever, <laughs> whatever the Lord puts on my heart, like you know, He surprises right. me. So amazing, <laughs> absolutely amazing. Oh my goodness, this is just so wonderful, Kim. I just oh, I enjoyed myself. Thank you guys so much. We were so blessed awesome. to have you here. And um, you know what, Christina, okay. I'm gonna just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Do you mind uh, yeah. praying for Sister Kim and her ministry? For sure, and, for sure. God. Yeah. Gracious God, our Father, Lord, we thank you. Uh, we thank you that you created time, and yes, so <laughs> and you created it for our benefit. And you can uh, you step right into mm-hmm. spaces of time, even into yeah. this very moment. Um, and you bring uh, you bring peace, mm-hmm. you bring joy, you bring conviction, yes. you bring what we need. Um, and Lord, I thank you for my dear sister Kim. I thank you for her ministry, yes. her creativity, her intellect. Thank I thank you for her own identity that you have knit together. I thank you for her her culture and her heritage. I thank you for her laughter, mm-hmm. her joy. I thank you for our family. And I thank you for all the people who are learning through the ministry that you have put into her. I ask that you would order her steps that they might bring mm-hmm. you glory. Thank you, I ask that you would bless this upcoming conference in DC, that mm-hmm. uh, people would come and be encouraged, be yes, edified, God. be convicted. Mm-hmm. Lord, that we more and more will become like you. Um, you by your spirit will make us more and more like Jesus. Yes. Allow us to be the kind of people that get excited about that. Allow us to be the kind of folks that actually think that is more than good enough to be made more and more like you by your spirit. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for that. Yeah, no worries. Of course. Well, thank you so much for that. Thank you, Kim, for coming to the table with us. Thank of you. Course. I had oh, a blast. We had a great time. You don't know, we just started. We're going to be stalking you now. Like, yeah, please. Look. Please. Look, look. The time flew by. Give us a oh, word. No. <laughs> what should I do with my life? Like, hey, please talk to me. <laughs> no, no, everybody's getting their life listening to Truth yeah. Table. So thank you so much for what you ladies do. You truly are a blessing. Oh, thank you. Kim. Thank you for letting God use you in this way. It's We're amazing. Thank you so that the much. Lord can use crooked sticks to make a straight, <laughs> hit a straight Amen. Lick. All right. Aren't we all? <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, well, thank you. And of course, we want to thank um, our listeners for taking a seat at the table with us this week. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about our Black Girl Magic interview with Kim Cash Tate. Uh, use the hashtag Truth Table. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Truth Table or email us your thoughts at AskTruthTable.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on the Satchel Podcast Player. Truth Table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York. And we have been your hosts, Akemini and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.